podcast. It's the place for Jesus lovers who question the church, who question that authority structure, that control structure. And this might seem a little weird that we would be talking about division, being that we're kind of divided from what most people <laughs> think of as the body of Christ, but it's not. Don't be, don't be so obvious, Matt. <laughs> so this week we're going to be talking about 1 Corinthians 1, 10 to 17, um, and how Christ is not divided, whether mm. whether through denominations, whether through traditions, or none of that really matters in, in the grand scheme of things. And that's where Ecclesia starts to make a lot of sense. Yep. Because while it's intentionally small groups, we get to hear all the different we, we get to hear from all the different traditions within our small groups. Mm -hmm. And it becomes this mosaic that it should have been all along. And some of those traditional things, some of those ways of doing things, start to fall by the wayside. Actually, most of them do, because we find that they're not really that important. Um, right. But before we get into that, let's, uh, you know, tell them where they can find us. We have a, we have a fresh website. Uh, yep. You can find us at out. Please check that out. You can find us at .org, um, uh where you can easily listen to all the po all the podcast episodes right there on the homepage. Um, you can drop us a line using the contact box, um, and you can learn a little bit more about me and Caleb in on the About Us page. Um, you can find shorts about Ecclesia on YouTube, Outpouring Fellowship Ecclesia, or you can find us here on Rumble or on any podcast app. Just look up Outpouring Fellowship Podcast. Mm -hmm. You can find us on True Social at Outpouring underscore Fellowship. You can find Caleb on Instagram at Caleb underscore Meal. You can find me on Telegram at Matthew76. You can email us. Yes, we have email attached to our website domain now. Looks a, more, a little more unified, I think. Anyway, so you can reach me, Matthew, at outpointingxc.org, or Caleb at Caleb at outpointingxc.org. The music, or actually, course, it's Caleb uh, Mail at Outlook, yeah, .com, yeah. Well, we're trying to funnel people towards the toward our domain. Great point. Great, great point, man. <laughs> great point. I knew uh, that. <laughs> um, and of course, the music, as always, is indie folk background by Kale Productions. So, hey, everybody. <laughs> um, why don't we go ahead and read the passage first? 
Yep. Because I, I have a funny feeling that many people aren't super familiar with it. So, 1 Corinthians 1, 10 to 17. This is from the NRSV. Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you be in agreement, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same purpose. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there are quarrels among you, my brothers and sisters. What I mean is that each of you says, well, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or Peter, or I belong to Christ. Has Christ been divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I, I, I thank God that I baptized none of you except Crispus and Gaius, so that none, no one can say that you were baptized in my name. Uh, okay, I, I did baptize also the household of Stephanus. Beyond that, I don't know if I baptized anyone else. For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to proclaim, but to proclaim, proclaim the gospel and not with eloquent wisdom, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its power. Hmm. Hmm. So. Why does that sound familiar? Huh. You mean there uh, were already the beginnings of denominations in the first century? <laughs> the mid-first yeah. century? Yeah. Yep. this... Passage was probably written somewhere, somewhere in the fifties, possibly early sixties, depending on who you ask. It really doesn't matter that much. <laughs> exactly when it was written. The point is, it was written in the right. mid-first century, within a few decades after Jesus ascended. Right. So, and yet, there are factions already. And here we are, 2,000 years later, and the factions have only gotten deeper. Oh, so deeper. It, especially so, here in the States. So, so deep. Oh, especially here in the States. Like, I mean... We, we get so tribal. There's, there's too... Yeah, that, and there's just too many. There's just way too many. Too many to count. I mean, like, it, it's gone too far. Too far. Like, there are probably a few thousand different denominations here in the U.S. Yeah, and yeah. Me and my congregation did a uh, just a study and how some people would just focus on this sect. I would focus on this and this, and we would just find so many like trails of just that denomination. Was like, where where does it where does it stop? Mm-hmm. Is it's insane. And the truth is, it doesn't until we stop it. Right. It's up to us. And, like, I'm not saying that some of the traditions, some of the ways that these different bodies have come to practice their faith are suspect in themselves. That's not the point here. The point here is that we all need to get back to basics. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even in Paul's day, basics were a problem. <laughs> I mean, the Corinthians were, like, wild in the spirit, okay? These people had no issues with walking in the gifts. 
No. <laughs> like, no. he had, he, later in this letter, he's like, whoa, guys, chill. Have a little chill. Take turns. Really, take turns. Everybody can have a chance to speak. Everybody can have a tongue, can have an interpretation, can have a prophetic word. Everybody should bring a psalm, a hymn, a spiritual song for right. the congregation when you meet. Right. It just shows you that, yes, the Holy Spirit was moving through these people, was moving through the people because, you know, again, the Lord, as you know, answered their their faith you know they they were they believed in the messiah and then the holy spirit was moving but at the same time there needed to be order not suppressing the spirit but there needed to be order mm -hmm. there always needs to be order but again the holy spirit still moves so where are we i mean and it says we already we always we we still see the holy spirit moving there's always must be an order in our park that way there's it doesn't bring chaos but at the same time don't let that order suppress the spirit and sometimes we have a hard time to uh, dif uh, differentiating that. Well, the the bottom line for all of this is that it needs to come from a place of mutual love mm. for each other. And that comes from him, mm -hmm. ultimately. That comes from the Lord, because humans kind of suck <laughs> at that. <laughs> humans kind of suck at that um, as a whole. There, there are a few here and there who do really well. Don't get me wrong, but on the whole, we kind of suck at loving each other. That's why Paul hammers on it. That's why John wrote about it in his epistles. It's all through the New Testament. All through the New Testament. Because that was supposed to be our hallmark, was our mutual love for one another. We're. It's not about seeking your own opinion to be aired. Um, and Lord knows I'm not perfect at this. <laughs> but, okay, so what's, what, what were the seeds of division in this passage specifically? First Corinthians well, we 1. can already tell... You can already tell that you know it was people who were already following people. They were taking the the uh, whether the messages from Paul, and it sounds like Paulus was one of the uh, teachers that really everyone respected. And even uh, you said Cephas is a Cephas uh, yeah, or Cephas? Okay. I always thought it was Cephas. Okay, Cephas. Okay. All right. Uh, Just a second. In both huh? Latin and Greek, C is a hard C. Okay. Think of it, gotcha, it may as well gotcha. be a K. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, okay. thank you. Um, so Cephas, or I follow Christ as we all should, as we all should. Mm -hmm. That's um, the bottom line, guys. We all belong to Christ, right? <laughs> right. So it, it seems like they were taking all these, you know, uh, lessons, like they would do with the Pharisees, you know, Discuss on what, you know, the interpretations, kind of like the Pharisees and Sadducees. Oh, there's a resurrection. No, there's no resurrection. You know, so it's just these probably these little details that everyone had their own opinions or disagreements. And then they were just basing it off of that and not bringing it to the head to really make the sense of things. Mm -hmm. And that's where we kind of went in here. 
in our modern time uh here's what i've learned and i probably mentioned it on on the on air that uh the denominations that we know now lord gave those people that started this they gave them they the lord gave them a revelation but then they stopped there they didn't take that and now let's keep growing let's ask other questions well no they just kept it there no no the lord gave me this revelation therefore this is the only way that was the attitude but it, no, no it starts with revelation it's and then with that relationship you grow, grow. Okay, why did the Lord want you to learn this first? Okay, then you, because you wanted to go to this step, and then this, and then this, and then this. You're learning, you're learning, you're learning. So, I mean, it just stopped there. And therefore, they made other rules around it. And there, therefore, you know it, problems start to occur. Yep. Yeah, it, it, gets, it gets ugly fast, as we have experienced. And because love because discernment is not effectively taught in most churches I've been ever been in at least not that I've been in such a broad cross section even here in America but if if you look at the you know the YouTube gotcha videos from Christians right mm. Whether whether it's an apologist going out and doing a man on the street thing, or um, William Lane Craig talking to Richard Dawkins, or you know, fill in the blank, it's very adversarial and not really all that loving, right? Because it becomes in those situations, it becomes about who who thinks they have a bigger brain. Mm. And as followers of Jesus, I mean, Paul was, in his earlier life, Paul was a very well-respected Pharisee. He was very educated. This dude had a big brain. (laughs) But even in this passage, he's like, it's not about how eloquent I am. It's about the message that I'm bringing. And, and, and notice they said at the end that so, you know, it does so that my eloquencies, if, if I have any, my eloquency does not take from the power of the, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power. Well, like what Christ did on the cross, that power be emptied. That's because that, then that that's again is the center of everything. Mm hmm. It is the power again. It what was t- said to one of the prophets. I, I can never remember, but uh, is but I think it's Zephaniah or Zechariah. One, one of those. It's about saying, you know, give, God's giving the message. It's not by uh, your power. It's not by your might, but it's by the Spirit, says the Lord. It's like you know everything that we do. It's never it's by our own power. It's never by our own strength. It is by His Spirit, which brings the strength, brings the power. Mm-hmm. Because if we're depending on ourselves, then what's the point in saying that he's Lord? Right. Like, and, and, and we and we get caught in that trap, don't we? We really it's do. It's so easy. It's so, so easy. easy to get stuck. So how do and so then the question is, how do we move from where we are to where we need to be? Because I think 
I think we can all agree that we need to be in a place of love. We need to be, everything needs to be based in that. Not, you know, I'm so great. <laughs> like, like I was, I was just talking to Caleb before we started. I, yeah, sure, I'm a student at Fuller again. I, that really doesn't matter to me. There was a time when I kind of gloried in it, to be honest. But especially in the context of like I see it, it really doesn't matter. Like, it's it's interesting to a point, but that's not that's not the be all end all. That doesn't define me, right? That's not my identity. Mm. My identity's in him, mm. and the moment that it stops being in him, I'm in trouble. Big trouble. I mean, it's just... And there's a... a and again, I was, I was sharing with him the, the ethos of this school, of this organization, has shifted radically in the last 10 years. Probably in the last six or seven, really. Um, from being entirely based on, you know, intellect and academia. I mean, that's still very strong focus, but they've opened it up to the Holy Spirit, at least somewhat. Like, I barely recognize this place <coughs> because there's so much emphasis on, well, what's, what's the Holy Spirit telling you? What are you discerning? Mm-hmm. And... Like if it if it weren't there, if there wasn't that foundation of love, it would be that much harder for me to be <laughs> for me to be involved right. here. Like, um, and like I, Yeah, it, I mean, if I were less with the Holy Spirit than I am, and I'm not saying that I'm perfect. Please don't hear that. <laughs> but if I were less mature than I am, however... And less, tuned, and less tuned in to the Holy Spirit, like being taught and encouraged to go there, it would be, be a lot different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I don't want to sit here and bash it because that's not the point. That's not loving, is it? It's no. what people click on, but that's not loving. Um, I'm, and I'm just not interested in gotchas. I'm not interested in arguing my point just to humiliate somebody. Right. Because that's what most of these videos are. Whether you're looking at apologetics, whether you're looking at um, somebody bashing somebody else in the body of Christ because they don't agree with how they're teaching. Like, 
there's almost no love in the body anymore. And yeah, and remember guys, we're brothers. Those who are in the Messiah, we are brothers and sisters in the Messiah. So remember, you're here's the thing. When it comes to it's one thing trying to discern and understand, you know, being being aware of what's true and what's not. You as a believers, we should always continue to focus on that because we need to know we, we need to not be just uh, deceived. It's, and it's important to be that watchman, to be watchful, to watch, to be aware and all that. Okay, now we are aware. Now it's our job to bring truth. But at the same time, not be going out ruthlessly, you know, and with uh, verbally bashing and destroying your, your, that person who should be really considered your brother. Because you don't know what that person's going through. You don't know what their mindset. If anything, if you see what's true, okay, great. Tell people and now pray for that person and maybe have a one-on-one conversation if the Lord brings that opportunity to you. And again, and again, um, I'm not saying I've been in, the, in these situations. I have not. But I do. See, I have seen too, me- too much of us bashing each other. And look, and look where the mess we're in. It's important that we know what's false prophet. That's not. That's not what I'm saying. We should always continue discerning all that. But I'm talking about when it comes to you know, uh, you know, like what Matt was saying. You know, those gotchas, those you know, just these things that are just you know slandering people. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to continue encouraging truth and showing that Christ's love for each other. And building each other up, okay, uh, like encouraging, like to say, oh, hey, buddy, buddy, here. If you got that, if you had, let's say this is a one-on-one conversation. Let's say it's just an scenario, me and Matt. Matt, you, you want to give that? You want to give him encouragement, Matt? I see a lot of potential. I see a lot of passion. But here's the thing. Here's where I, I'm not. I don't agree, and I and this is what I want to share. What you're doing, you're teaching this, but when the scriptures say this. That, that kind of thing. It, it's and, those little examples, but it's a conversation. Go for you it. You know, come from a place of, am I understanding you correctly? Right. right. Because what I'm hearing sounds a little off versus what I understand versus how I believe. So, mm-hmm. and there's there always has to be a a stance in us of I don't have this perfect. So we need to be in a place where we're teachable because none of us, not me, not Caleb, not you fully understand all of these things. And I mean, think about it. How many times have you read certain, certain sections of the Bible? And yet you always find something a little bit different each time, don't you? Yeah. That's like, because his word is living and he's we're constantly learning something. So maybe, I mean, like, you guys remember, God, this was almost 20 years ago, um, Rob Bell. I'm not saying that he was dead on. By any means. Don't hear that. 
but he was he did a series of videos that he released and this is you know pre-youtube um did you ever see any of the any of the numa videos i don't think so there was a there was a a loud outcry <laughs> amongst the theological community especially on in a in the more um conservative circles because okay. they felt like he was too universalist and maybe he was but i think that i think that through his study of scripture and through his personal devotional life he got major revelation about the love of god and often when a teacher or anybody gets that sort of deep revelation about who god is they veer off into what the the doctrine hounds the orthodoxy hounds there we go uh, would consider universalism and in case you in case you guys don't know what universalism is it's the idea that basically all roads lead to God and I do not espouse this just being clear I'm just sharing as an example because like he got shredded absolutely shredded when he released those videos um, like I remember watching them in youth group. Maybe that shows that my youth pastor was not as theologically astute, but it's neither here nor there, right? The, the point is he was crucified over, over the things that he put in those videos. when it was all love. Like, there was precious little that I remember from those videos that wasn't scriptural. Now, given, I haven't watched any of them in easily over 15 years at this point. Mm -hmm. But, yeah. But you think the situation probably could have been handled maybe a little better? Definitely. Meaning, heck, let's gather together. Let's, let's, okay. We saw these videos. We can't, we see where you're coming from. We could tell that you have a love and you want people to come to God. But we have to remember what did Jesus tell us? I am the way, I am the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me so again just using that but again it could have handled been handled a lot better mm -hmm. if he was crucified that was their brother that was their leader we should have been talking discussing figuring out where he was coming from what he was trying to get through and then let's get back to what is true in his word what did jesus say what has God always been trying to tell his people of the Messiah that he would be the way to have to to our relationship with the Father? 
to unity with the Father. Because that's right. what we were always designed for. That's why he made us in his image. That we might be able to be one with him. That his image in the earth would be multi- would be multiplied, right? Right. That's right there in Genesis. So, yeah. The... The level of division, the, le- the level of tribalism. I think, I mean, you could, you could point back to Luther splitting off from the Catholic Church. Maybe. But even within Catholicism, even within the church up to that point, there had been factions. There had been disagreements. There had been... Um, enforced unity and not even that not even just <clears throat> that time excuse me let's go into jesus's time the all the pharisees all, all the jews I, I quote from the line for, for those who watch maybe you've seen the tv show chosen but in this character this uh um Ro- the roman authority there uh he talks to matthew Again, it's in the story of the show. And anyway, he, he he says, you know, he's pondering out in the window saying, everything is so edible here. Everything, the food here is just delicious. Everything here. Everything grows. Everything's perfect. Except the people. You guys are a mi- miserable lot. You, you worship one God, and yet you're all divided. So, I mean, I find that interesting. All of us in these denominations... We worship one God, and yet we're all divided. Mm-hmm. Does that seem right? And the Pharisees, and the, like I said, you had the Pharisees, the Seas, you had the Zealots, and all these other the, the disagreements. And they had all kinds of disagreements. And quite frankly, Jesus took so many dis- of his disciples that had different backgrounds. And probably, even including a tax collector, a Zealot, Fishermen who were not really, you know, schooled. If, if anything, of course, they were schooled as children, as, as, as was the culture. But they didn't go to the, um, um, my school, goodness, yeah. I'm forgetting the word. Uh, yeah, yeah rabbinical school. Um, these, these were dropouts. And all these other backgrounds. Yeah. Because they were going into the family business, you know, taking care of their families and all that. So these were people from different backgrounds, and yet they ha- I'm sure they had all kinds of disagreements. But then there was Jesus, and right. he's like, no, here's, here's the way forward, guys. Here's the way forward. Follow me. And you'll get there. And one thing that was crucial in the early church, and I would argue is still crucial today, is leaving room for the Holy Spirit to do his thing. Right? right. To, to speak, to move, to do what he wants to do. And so many of these denominations don't give him space. Don't give him the don't give him the time of day. They you know they give lip service to being Trinitarian 
That's in the creed, right? Creeds. But when you really break it down, they're probably more binitarian than trinitarian. You know, people usually don't have a problem with the father or the son. And often in evangelical circles, at least, the Holy Spirit winds up being replaced by the Holy Bible. <laughs> which ultimately is not terribly living because it's just words on a page. Right. Which is really no different from how the Pharisees and the various Jewish sects in the first century were with their scriptures, with what we know as the Old Testament. Of course, they had, they had Midrash, they had Talmud, don't get me started on that one. Uh, mm. <laughs> which were added on in their own interpretations and mm -hmm. such, yeah. And often, and Jesus even pointed this out, often those interpretations would invalidate the actual words on the page. Exactly. Like, just of how they would do Sabbath. Just using, I, again, I can't go over the detail, but like they would place, if for Sabbath, in order for them to travel, if they wanted to get from one place to another, they would place, I think, they're one of their items in different locations, of, uh, and then they could cross certain areas of where, where their items were in order to get to one destination. I mean, it was it was ridiculous scenarios, added things that were not biblical, that were not from Torah from or from uh, the prophets. Nothing of that. They were just, it was their own man-made stuff. Mm -hmm. And we all fall have fallen into that trap. Figuring out, okay, well, this was in scripture. Okay, this is what it means. And then we place a sign, and then we make it doctrine. And then before you know it, okay, then we miss the entire thing, point of what is that? What is that? Uh, what is it? What was the meaning, real meaning of that scripture? Or what is the Lord really trying to teach you right now? Because if the word is living, there's going to be have layers, layers, deeper meanings to it. Mm hmm. So the, the point here, guys, is be careful. Allow yeah. the Holy Spirit to come and change how you see things, to change your understanding. To broaden it, because usually our understanding is too small, it's too narrow. Yeah, actually, it's a great scenario. Uh, if, if if you don't mind, if I could do, uh, because again, in chapter three, it, it, it continues talking about the division here. Um, and I love how he how he words himself. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people. Right now, I'm not, I'm not talking to you as spiritual people right now. But as people of the flesh, people of this world, as infants in Christ, okay? I'm going to treat you right now as babies, right now. Um, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. And even now, the way you guys have been acting, you are still not ready for it, for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? It's interesting how he words that. You're not acting in the spirit. You're acting in a total human way that you've always been knowing. For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? 
when, again, you're not being of the spirit. Exactly. The gospel is be people of the spirit, be followers of Jesus and Jesus alone. Right. The, I mean, there was a, there's a passage where it's like, okay, guys, um, eventually you won't need teachers anymore because you'll have the spirit. This is actually old Testament. Um, Joel or Zephaniah or something like that. One of the prophets. Where you won't need to grab your... You won't need to go to your neighbor and say, well, let me teach you. Because you'll all have access to full knowledge. Because you'll have that link. Because he's talking about the New Covenant. I think yeah yeah because you're talking about the new covenant that you won't need a teacher saying no because you already have it yeah I, I think I think that's him yeah absolutely so, yeah it's it's challenging because we're so conditioned to oh well here's my leader so I'm gonna fall on fall in lockstep with my leader what my leader says is right um. Not Remember, your leader is your leader is still following Jesus, and he's still learning as well. <laughs> he's only teaching because again, we're not bashing teachers. By the way, let's make that clear. Teachers are part of the fivefold ministry that we've met, probably mentioned throughout the episodes: apostles, prophets, evangelists, uh, teachers, and shepherds, pro- uh, pro- uh, pastors. If you want to replace that, mm-hmm. but uh, but teachers are very important. Because with discipleship, there's teaching. There's mm-hmm. constant training. But even with the teachers, they're still students as they continue. As we have a teaching spirit of our own, we, uh, we are constantly looking to the teacher. And even Paul in Timothy is like, look, follow me as I follow, as I follow Christ. Imitate me. Imitate me as I'm doing it. That's exactly, exactly. And we get so caught up in minutia, in things that really don't matter, guys. Like, the bottom line is the cross, the empty tomb. Everything else is extra. All this stuff that has grown up around these words that were written 2,000 years ago to various bodies within the body of Christ that we've taken to be scripture. Whether whether from Paul, whether from Peter, allegedly, whether from John, you know, fill in the blank with who the, the illustrious author is for these letters that comprise most of the New Testament. And I'm not saying that there's necessarily anything wrong with canonization as such. That's not my point. (laughs) My point is that the Lord's still speaking today. Just, Just as he was through the apostles in the first century just as he was through the prophets. I mean, you had well-known prophets who spoke over 
pole. Look at Axe when he, the, the times that he was in uh, Antioch of Syria. Right? Mm-hmm. There were well-known and respected prophets within that ecclesia. Mm-hmm. Agabus was one. And if you remember, as Paul is coming back from his last missionary journey, he goes back through Antioch. And Agabus is like, um, I've, got a, I've got an object lesson for you, Paul. Um, you're not going to be free if you go to Jerusalem. Right. You will be bound. And he mm-hmm. bound himself with a sash to show what would happen to Paul. And he was weeping through this. Because obviously he didn't want that to happen. Paul was his friend. Possibly even a mentor. But Paul's like, look, this is what I need to do. I need to deal with this stuff. Mm. I can't just run. Because I feel like I'm supposed to go to Rome. And this is going to be the simplest way for me to do that. Even if it, you know, even if it leads to me being beheaded. Because one thing about Romans, one thing about Rome was they didn't do the most cruel uh, punishments for their citizens. For their citizens, right. And Paul was a citizen. Mm hmm. <laughs> you made sure of that. <laughs> so with that said Paul knew that he wasn't going to be crucified Paul knew he wasn't going to be stoned by the Romans the times when he was stoned were by Jewish mobs mostly in Asia Minor right modern day Turkey area and like it's it's too easy to lose touch with the realities like we we're so comfortable here in the United States because we have we live in this ostensibly Christian nation yeah don't get us started <laughs> Um, you know, not saying that there weren't strong believers within the founding fathers. That's not our point. But not all of them were. There were some deists. Thomas Jefferson. Probably even George Washington. Uh Uh-oh. But the point is that the way that we get from where we are to being united again is by majoring on the majors. Christ and him crucified. Raised from the dead, ascended into heaven. So go back to the go back to the creeds. Go back to the word. And let the Holy Spirit reinterpret things for you. All right. 
don't just take our word for it. Be good Bereans. And in case you guys don't know what that means, study the word. Because that's what the Bereans did. These Macedonian believers, these Greek believers, they were well known for calling, uh, calling apostles to task, taking them to task if they felt like what was being shared with them wasn't in alignment with Scripture. And it, I mean, we don't know exactly how that went, but I would imagine that there was a basis of love. It wasn't just, I disagree with you, so I'm going to beat you over the head. Which we see far too often today. Yeah. And that's at least what I'm trying to get through with this particular study. And I guess, babe, for me, that I wanted to, uh, and I was showing Matt these uh, verses, one of the reasons why I wanted to kind of go over these types of verses so we can show that, yes, the ecclesia, even back then, we they these letters were for encouragement and correction. Maybe we need to go over them again and see how we can learn from that so that we can apply that to how we uh, build ecclesias. How we want to teach you how to build ecclesias, so so that you know we have that same the same Holy Spirit. We want the whole, the the source, the Holy Spirit, to guide us in all in everything. We want Him to correct everything. Our our ty- our worldly thinking, kind of like what Paul was trying to t- show Corinthians. You're still in the flesh. You need to be of the Spirit. You need to be of His Spirit. You need to be walking in him, re, you know, searching his word. And again, what they had then was Torah and the prophets. And we're just blessed to have the, all the stories of the new in, in the gospel, the evidence, the the, the eyewitnesses of the, the 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 journey with Jesus. And then there's the letters of how we should live based on scripture. You know, so it's just let's go over the things that Paul was talking to these people, not just in Corinth, but in Galatia, Ephesus and all these other letters that we know that we have. And it's amazing what could be out there that we don't even know about. But just encouragement to the ecclesias of how, you know, here's encouragement. Praise the Lord of how he's doing this. And the here's what we need to here's what we need to address, though, so that we'll be willing to address some things that need to be corrected, too. Because. Lord knows we're not perfect. Oh my gosh. <laughs> we we have our stuff, guys. Like we don't have this down. We're struggling through just as much as you are. And that's the humility that each of us need to bring to this conversation. And when we real when we recognize that we're all essentially in the same boat. It makes it easier to walk in love. Doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Like, when, when you recognize that even if on the finer points you may disagree with somebody, you're both followers of Jesus 
and you're both struggling through trying to make sense of all this stuff. Trying to make sense of the circumstances in each of our lives. So, and from that place, you can go, I have grace for you. Instead of rigid religion. Because religion will always divide. There's no other, there's no two ways about it. Religion always divides. It's sad, but true. Um, Religion can't possibly do everything that it alleges it can. If it could, Jesus wouldn't have been necessary. Because the Jew, the... The followers of Torah, whatever you want to call them, um, would have gotten the core message of Torah, which ultimately is a love as well. Mm-hmm. What is the heart of the law that he just asked? You know, what is written in the law? You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And the commandment like it, love your neighbor as yourself. As yourself. And if they if they were doing that, then the observance of Torah, not necessarily the temple cult, but the observance of Torah would have been worldwide. It wouldn't have been this exclusive thing because go back to the beginning, okay? Genesis, the way that God called Abraham, well, Abram. Right? Right. He's like, I will make you a blessing. Not just to yourself, but to all the nations, to all the world. And these, this is the guy that, you know, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, all these, all these mm-hmm. sects within first century Judaism were mm-hmm. pointing to. They're like, we're, we're, we're the children of Abraham. Jesus is like, really? I think you missed something, guys. <laughs> and, you know, Jesus wasn't about the gotchas. I mean, he did it with the, with the religious leaders. But that was all they understood. With the people, he never did gotchas. With the people, it was always, look, you guys are being oppressed. Your leaders are blind. They don't know what they're doing. I've got a better way. Here's healing. Here's provision. Follow me. It's going to be hard. But follow me. And I will show you the way to keep Torah. Here's a hint, guys. It's love. Amen. Amen. We 
we here in the United States, I, I, I use the term churchians. Churchians, I like that. Churchians. <laughs> it's, it's difficult because it's so e like it's so easy to get caught up in the minutia, in the well. I like this style of worship, or I like the I like the paintings on the wall in this particular, you know, building, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever it happens to be. Yeah, and yeah. we get so caught up in that, and the people who get the most impacted by those things, you know, often wind up becoming leaders and pushing that way and there often winds up being this exclusivity this notion that only we are really saved the rest of these other people uh, we don't know so we we can't for instance uh for instance the lutherans you can't just walk into a Lutheran church, or at least not a more conservative Lutheran church, and expect to have communion with them. They won't do it. They will not share the Lord's Supper with you unless you are confirmed in their body. Which is basically them saying, the rest of all y'all aren't really saved. Because we don't know exactly what you believe, so we can't vouch for that. And we don't want you to uh, take the Lord's Supper to your detriment. That's also in, I think it's 2 Corinthians, where Paul talks about, and some of you are taking the Lord's Supper in unworthy ways. And he was talking about the agape feast, guys. He wasn't talking about just a wafer and some juice. Like, the Ecclesia would get together and party. They would feast together. Mm -hmm. But the problem in Corinth was that the wealthy ones, who didn't have to do hard labor every day, all day, would get together when the, one, when the poorer members couldn't. And they would be drunk. They would be gorging themselves while the rest of the congregation was still at work. And by the time the rest of the congregation was able to join them, they were, they were sloshed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That was what Paul was talking about. It wasn't about some mm -hmm. doctrinal thing because like the, the idea that doctrine should divide us. <laughs> like there wasn't, hard and fast doctrine as such until much later. Much later. We're talking second, third century later. In the first century, everything was kind of loosey-goosey. And yeah, that could make things a little bit more complicated. But ultimately, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And they were still figuring, and they were still learning this new way of true living. 
for, for, for living in the Messiah, living in the spirit, they were still figuring this out. They were still trying to follow and then understand how, how does Torah fit into all this? How does he, how does he, how does it fit? You know, how, and, and all these things that, you know, how does everything play with this as they were still preaching the gospel and, and such. And by the way, as Gentiles, and most of us fall in that category, mm-hmm. um, we're not required to do all of the ceremonial stuff, right? See Galatians. You foolish, you foolish Galatians, who bewitched you? How did you fall from, how did you fall away from the message that we brought you so quickly? And if anyone, if anyone, even us, tells you something different now, they should be accursed. Consider them accursed. I'm taking Galatians right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just started a class on Galatians. So this is very much top of my mind. Um, like, and then <laughs> Paul gets so mad that in Galatians 5, he's like, guys, all these, all these Judaizers who are trying to get you men to do like the men of Shechem. You remember back in uh, Genesis 39 or 36 mm-hmm. or somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, the rape of Dinah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, yeah. That scenario. And okay, let me, let me recap. So Jacob and his family were coming back through Palestine and had settled near Shechem for a time and we're trading with the, with the Shechemites and and the king's son in Shechem fell in love with Dinah who was Jacob's only daughter that we know of mm. and tried to make a deal well had his dad try to make a deal so that he could marry her and Jacob and company were kind of like, well, yeah, yeah, and they took so long that the Prince of Shechem actually raped her. And so Jacob's sons, the older ones, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, those ones, uh, Leah's oldest, Mm -hmm. decided, you know what? We will intermarry with you, but you have to, you, you have to submit to our, you have to submit to circumcision. If you want to intermarry with us. So this got, so they agreed. So they all circumcised themselves as adults. Ouch. Ouch. So while they were still recovering from this. The sons of Jacob decided, we're going to go burn the city because the men are incapacitated. That's basically what Paul's saying in much of Galatians. He's like, these Judaizers are doing the same thing to you. They're trying to take your freedom and saddle you down with all of this rabbinic regulation. Mm-hmm. And you guys, believe me, I know this stuff. I grew up in it. 
I was a Pharisee. I was a Pharisee of Pharisees. This is not the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Anybody who's trying to bring more regulations to your walk with the Lord, ignore them. Mm -hmm. Right. They do not have your best interest at heart. Bottom line. So, yeah. In, in Galatians 5, when he's like, I wish they'd just go the whole way and emasculate themselves. I wish they'd just ch chop the whole thing off. Mm. That was basically him saying, I don't want them to reproduce. their message should be so maligned that no one believes it. Mm. I don't want them to have intellectual or spiritual children among you. Dang, Paul. Ouch. Dang. <laughs> so, he had away with words, didn't he? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh you crossed that dude. Whew. <laughs> like all of this all of this love talk all of this unity talk there's that should be the bottom line but when someone persists in teaching nonsense after being approached in love after being approached again in love with other leaders, for instance, without, you know, firing off a gotcha YouTube video. Hello. Um, or even a, a scathing, <laughs> a scathing diatribe in a sermon. If after correction, if after attempted correction, they still persist, then you cut them off. And that's the last step. That shouldn't be the first step. And we've short-circuited the process in a lot, many times. And, you know, I'm not saying that there aren't some people who are promulgating major error. Don't hear that either. But there needs to be relationship. There needs to be love between the brethren. If there isn't, then what are we doing? If love and humility are not the basis for this, what are we doing? Right. Like, it's so, it's become so broken and so twisted over the centuries because in a lot of ways we, on the whole, have replaced the Holy Spirit with the Holy Bible. Mm. We tend and, to do more harm to the, to the congregation than we mean to bring love and healing. Kind of like also what Jesus said to the 
uh pharisees that you may no no no. it was um sorry it was uh oh my gosh uh why am i forgetting his name uh steven when he was uh confronting the when he was in court and he's all you you make new converts you know i'm paraphrasing you make converts more of sinners than you do to teaching them about god sons of more sons it's, of hell than you right so it's important that okay if that's true what needs to be fixed mm-hmm. first is our eyesight it our, our eyes need to be on the father being on what who he sent his son being, keeping our eyes on him because we know we know through his son our relationship with the father is restored and then our new life is given through his holy spirit mm-hmm. and therefore with that then as our journey as we seek him in his word and the constant in prayer he renews our minds he reveals us to us the wisdom his wisdom his knowledge his revelation all these things that we need to know and it's always step by step so that's what needs to change is bringing all our questions our opinions all discussions that we've had with each other okay now that we've had it again i say it i've heard probably said many times bring it to the table bring it to the feet of the father and ask okay lord bring it to the head what do you what do you what do we what do you uh we have had a discussion we've had our opinions what do you want us to do how clear our thinking what needs to be done mm-hmm. and again you may not get an answer right away but just leave it at the feet and let him let him to take care of it. Just follow him. Love people. Continue pre, uh, giving his message. All these things will be answered eventually, because his timing's perfect. Mm-hmm. So yeah. So I think that's a. So I think that's a good wrap up. It's inco- it's important that we have that we discuss these things because again they were dealing with it too. So let's review. Let's have, let's have a time of just reviewing instruct the instructions of like going through the letters, talking about what what Paul addressed, the encouragement, and of course the the, the problems that need to be addressed, so that where we can also learn what it means to 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 um, address these as we continue to grow ecclesias. What it means to be be the ecclesia. And note that whenever we use. Whenever we come across the word church in the New Testament, we're always going to use the word ecclesia. Ecclesia, because that's that, what it was. That's the Greek word 90% of the time. You look in the translation, that's what it was. Like, the word church doesn't exist. It doesn't. Like, and I was really surprised that, like, it, it really doesn't. <laughs> I mean, so. the... And that was, that translation was um, solidified by King James Rames. in the 17th century, uh, who was a ma- who was a master mason, by the way. Uh oh. Mm. Um. Yeah. So, yeah, you guys. the The bottom line is. While, yes, there are going to be differences in understanding, differences of how people are teaching, 
The way that we deal with that needs to come from a place of humility, a place of love, a place of wanting to restore, not to tear down. Mm. Because it's so easy to get caught up in, well, the easy thing, the negative thing. Mm. The let's or trash getting caught the guy up in arguments. Right. Let's trash the guy we don't agree with because it's easier to do that than to actually have a, a constructive conversation. To this day. Like, how many times have you just smashed somebody because they didn't agree with you? It, ha- it probably happens far more often than we want to admit, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. So be in a place of humility, a place of love. And when you come across somebody who is who seems to believe differently from, from you, who still claims the name of Jesus, remember to come from <clears throat> remember to come from love. Remember to come from humility. Hey, am I understanding what you're saying correctly? Because here's how I understand the passage that you're talking about. Am I right? Instead of, I'm the authority. We were, <clears throat> we weren't designed for that. And that sort of, that sort of mentality has led to, well, where we are right now has led to all sorts of nastiness in the body of Christ that has not been divided. There should be no division in Jesus. You know, back to the passage from today, right? Has Christ been divided? And the answer that Paul was expecting is no. No, he hasn't. Because there's not more than one Christ. He is Mm. Christ. Jesus the Christ, right? So if he hasn't been divided, if his body wasn't chopped up, literally, which it never was, never even had a broken bone, hello, then what are we doing figuratively chopping him up with our denominations, with our divisions? Right. Because it really paints a bad picture on all of us. It does. Like we and we've said it on the show before. It that sort of sniping, that sort of just ugliness makes God look weak. When we're not even uh, when we're not living according to what we claim, we make the message look weak. We make the king look weak. Is that our goal? If it is, then we need to re-examine ourselves. Seriously. Last I checked, most people who would consider themselves Christians at least claim to love Jesus. So, if you love somebody, 
then why would you want to make them look bad? Right. You know, it's really that simple. It's been made more complicated through many, many years of academia. (laughs) When the whole academic way of doing things is about creating controversy so that people are buzzing about what you said. Yeah, that's that's academia for you guys. Write something controversial, defend it logically, and all of a sudden, people in your field go, oh, they had something interesting to say. And then you get tenure. <laughs> and you get to promulgate that line of thinking before students. And, I mean, I don't know how many of the professors here at Fuller fit in that category. I know of a handful, at least. Um, That's not how it's supposed to be. Anyway, so yeah, let's (laughs) let's wrap this thing. We tried to land it like 10 minutes ago. Um, So yeah, guys. Humility and We hope love. you've been blessed. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, Matt. Humility and love. That's that's the that should be our bottom line. That should be where we're focused. Not on uh disagreeing for the sake of disagreeing. Yeah. Cause that comes from pride. And last I checked, at the heart of pride. There's an eye, just like there's a, an eye at the heart of sin. Uh oh. Maybe there's a, maybe there's something to that. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know, like I said, I, I don't have this perfect. Caleb doesn't have this perfect. We're working this out. And we want to be on this journey with you, as you work this out as we work this out together that's what ecclesia is Mm -hmm. so thanks for watching thanks for listening guys um again you can email us um matthew at outpouringecclesia.org caleb at outpouringecclesia.org you can find us on true social outpouring at outpouring ecclesia you can talk to Caleb directly on Instagram at Caleb underscore meal. You can find me on Telegram at Matthew76. You can listen to the podcast on any of your fine podcast apps or on our new website, outpouringecclesia.org. Um, and the music, of course, is Indie Folk Background by Kale Productions. Thank you so much, and we will see you guys next week. Shalom, shalom.